also love the power of arts for better beat him. This dude can crack. So he beats Joe Smith Jr. It's another, I, I'm not going to say flawless because he got hit, but he, he's been down before. He's gotten hit many times. The thing is, it seems like whenever he does get hit, it's sort of like when uh, someone in a video game will get hit and then somehow they have the superpower of rejuvenating their health. I feel like when we are watching him, it feels like, even though obviously without the lure of an American and a heavyweight, it feels very similar to Deontay Wilder, where it's just a, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. Knockout power is so naturally, ambitiously raw. And have you seen his workout videos? Yeah. <laughs> He, How would you describe he, this for people who haven't seen it? He he reminds you, you know, in all of the Rocky movies when Rocky or uh, oh, Adrian, oh, no, Adrian, don't do it, Adrian. Oh, oh. No, but listen, every movie, every Rocky, you know, every Rocky saga, whether it's Michael B. Jordan's Rocky films or the traditional. Who actually got knocked out in the movie who actually got knocked out in the movie, mm -hmm. but he gets too big for his britches. He's doing a city thing. And then they take him to some like destitute land to, to train in the, in the wilderness to get back to his roots. Yes. That's how Arthur <laughs> trains every single day in like the bitter cold of, uh, I think he's in Canada now. He is in Canada. Originally from Russia, but he's training in like the bitter cold doing the most strenuous workouts and his body is just conditioned to knock people the fuck out. What I see in his workouts is unorthodox routines that clearly work. Yeah. Like he's 30, 37 or 38. One of the two, let me see 37 to have that knockout power at 37 have, like honestly, have you ever seen this before in the sport? Um, look, I'm I I lost words there, sir. I'm not gonna say that I haven't seen it, but dude, maybe I haven't seen it. The dude is what 18 and 0, 18 knockouts. Correct. He has a 100 percent knockout ratio in all of his fights. Everyone succumbed to the power. And Joe Smith Jr. was supposed to be his stiffest challenge to date because of the, the yes. pushing power. Yes. So I want to circle back to something that you said when you were like, I'm not going to call it flawless because he got hit. He knocked out his consensus toughest opponent. Yes. In less than two rounds. Correct. And, and just like dominant. First off, I love when fighters like him show a new wrinkle to their game, right? Yes. We didn't know that he could box the way that he boxed. Despite him being an Olympian, despite his many years, um, you know, perfecting his craft, no one knew that he had the kind of feat that he did. That's true. And he just walked Joe Smith Jr. into shots that first round. And the second round went in for the Well, let me, let me go back to something. I think we knew it. We just didn't learn it yet. Yeah. Because, again, if, if you watch him train, 
he puts in the work when it comes to his feet. Yeah. Um, he does a lot of ladder drills. Um, so, you know, am I going to say that he was a ballet dancer like Loma? No. <laughs> However, he does put in the work. With that being said, um, I'm continually impressed. And yes, Joe Smith was supposed to be his toughest test. Would you say he's beatable? Would you say someone can get in there and beat him? Or, you know, this is something I've talked about many times because it is a business strategy. Do other promoters just wait? Do they just wait it out and wait for him to just decay slowly? Yeah, I mean, listen, like, I, I, I think that people thought that that's what we were going to get in this fight. When he fought against Marcus Brown, I think that fight went maybe seven or eight rounds. Yeah. You know, he was outboxed early, right? Um, the speed seemed to give him a little bit of trouble. Um, the angles that Marcus Brown cut, the fast jab. Mm -hmm. And better be, like he always does, found a way to chop that man down to the body lunging in with some power shots broke Marcus Brown down um so when that happens to fighters you tend to think man maybe we're starting to see a decline he's getting hit a little bit more his, his foot pressure seemed a little bit slower he's plotting instead of cutting the ring off mm -hmm. he got cut albeit by a headbutt but he still you know he got cut that could take something from you in your next fight then he was 38 like you said he's almost 40 37. 37. Maybe we're seeing a decline in this man's skills. Nope. None of that. <laughs> no decline here. No rust on this guy. No flies on that dude. Zero. That dude, that dude was sharp. So when you yeah. ask him to be beat, I look at the first seven rounds of the Marcus Brown fight and I think, who has good feet at that weight class? Demetri Bibble. Obviously. Who yeah. has a good jab at that weight class? Demetri Bibble. Who throws in good combination? Dimitri Bivol, mm. who's also been hurt by a big power puncher at that weight class. Dimitri Bivol. So I do think that, you know, what we've always known about those two is that they're the cream of the crop at that weight class. It's just a matter of getting those two guys in the ring together. Mm -hmm. And it would be two fighters that are from Motorosha. Motorosha who would then go up against one another for, you could say, the greatest representing their country. I personally believe the b-ball fight will not be made because it's too dangerous of a fight right now. And that's why ESPN was, was reporting, whether, whether we like it or not, this is just their reporting, is Anthony Yard is going to be next in line for Arts or Better Beef. As many know, Anthony Yard put up a really good performance against Sergey Kovalev. What was that, like 2017, I want to say? Yeah. It was, years, it was years ago, but um, <clears throat> maybe 2018. I'd say 16 to 18. Went up against Kovalev, and that was when some knew of Anthony Yard, but not at that level. Yeah. And look, good record, good boxer. Eddie Hearn has called it a total mismatch. Do you? Yeah. I don't think that fight's going to uh, end well for Anthony Yard. And again, 
all respect to the fighters. This is a show we show tremendous amounts of respect to those guys. But if I'm calling Absolutely. this pay based on what I've seen performance wise, Anthony Yard uh, was beaten by a over the hill subpar Sergey Kovalev, who just knew how to land a good jab, who knew how to land a stiff jab. And he let his conditioning outlast Yard over the course of their fight. He got knocked out there. Then you're talking about Anthony Yard, who I think this was 2020, lost to Lyndon Arthur, who basically just picked him apart again mm -hmm. with the jab. Um, now you're going against Weapon X, <laughs> who was who was birthed in in the darkness of Russia, in the bitter cold, and has perfected a shotgun jab, right? That feels probably like a straight right hand. Yes. Um, I don't see Yard as slick as he is getting out of the way of that jab all night. I see him ending up, you know, moving and being backed up on the ropes. It's not a good sign. I think it'll look similar to the Marcus Brown That's fight. That's what I was just thinking. Well, he'll he'll get some shots off early because he's yep. fast. He's got those good reflexes. But as fatigue starts to sit in and he starts to, you know, stand still a little bit more, the body shots, the head shots, the power, the foot pressure, think he'll end up capitulating before the end of the 12th round yeah it feels like it feels like it's only a matter of time if they were to go up against one another i concur with the marcus brown analysis and correlation that yeah anthony yard is going to win a few rounds here and there through the first four through the first five and then maybe better be able to turn it on or he could turn it on earlier and it could be joe smith jr too where he knocks him out in three or he knocks him out in four the guy's power is so unbelievable and i i need to make this a selling point because we keep hearing but and and this is the fight game it's not boxing but it's the fight game is he at asanya did you see what happened in that fight with the crowds no what happened they left before the fifth round oh wow didn't know that there was a notable celebrity who shall not be named who gave a quote that went viral, which was essentially saying that he was bored. For those that are of that camp in the fight game who say, I want to see, you know, blood and I want to see guys get sent into a freaking coma and I want to see guys get knocked out. And I want to see powerful, powerful punches. You should be watching Arter Better Beef and how, how he's not like, a huge name right now like we know about him we've known about him the casuals are starting to know about him he's getting the headliner cards on espn's top rank uh saturday night fights but how i personally feel about this is those people who are like oh mayweather pacquiao was boring oh adesanya was boring why aren't you watching this guy what are you yeah. doing bro are you are you going and playing like pinball with pinballs dope don't get me wrong that was that was a bad thing to say but like what are you doing that you're not watching him if this is exactly what you thirst for when you're watching these fights i don't get it um hern also said anthony yard is a nice guy from london that's a mismatch that fight a total mismatch yard has done around three rounds in 18 months or whatever and he's a good domestic fighter and had a good fight with kovalev in russia better beef is a different animal that's via boxing scene I completely concur. And uh, Better Beef also said of this of uh, the WBA champ, Dimitri Bivol, his countryman. 
Unification fights are more interesting and motivating. I would prefer to be undisputed. <laughs> Throw that up and lose. Uh, Chad Dawson also said he sparred with better beef and no one's beating him at light heavyweight. As of this taping, I agree. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody beats him. I think he hurts Bivol. Um, it might, they might get into deeper waters than <laughs> two, <laughs> but I do think that he knocks out Dimitri Bivol. Um, because the power is just too much. Would you agree with that? Ah, man, I think I got to assess that one a little bit more, right? Assess I think, it. Um, I, I like, I like Bibble's boxing ability. He's obviously shown that he can stay out of the way of a big punch for the, you know, yep. large duration of a fight. Yep. But man, Better Beef is just the apex predator in there, right? Like, it just seems like at any moment when he's ready to turn on the turbo jets, yes, he's gonna, he's going to, he's gonna land the shot. He's gonna back you in a corner and throw eight punches in one combination and hurt you. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and so if you if you look at most recent fights, man, I think you would have to give it to Better Beef because. He's fighting the bigger guys, you know, he's fighting stiff competition going into the Canelo fight. If I'm honest, Bibble didn't look like the guy who could be even Canelo to me. He looked flat in his two fights. I agree with that. Back. I think we both, I think we both analyzed it. Like he is really good, but he's not on that level. And then he wowed us. Yeah. And I don't think fighting Canelo is going to prepare you for better. Beef. I agree with that. You know what I mean? And he's obviously waiting and waiting that one out. He really wants that that Canelo too, which I would too, right? There's, there's a big, you know, payday. Huge payday. payday. It's a, you know, big, big price tag on that one. But I don't see how fighting that guy is going to prepare you for Archer Betterbeef. So who should he go up against? That's the better question. Who, who should he fight at uh, 175 in order to prepare for a <laughs> fucking monster like Betterbeef? Yeah, I mean, I think there's only, there's only, you know, he has two options at 75 and only one really that could give him even the kind of look because there's no one like Arthur better be back 175 mm -hmm. and uh that is Zerto Ramirez Zerto Ramirez at 75 he's big he punches hard his punches are going to be a little bit faster than what a better beef's punches are going to come at and this guy is looking to hurt you to the body all night long you mm -hmm. know what I mean and I think that he needs that that kind of brute presence to prepare for you know going up against a brick wall like archer better be for the record since we were talking about purses i just wanted to look it up dimitri bivol received a guaranteed purse of two million dollars and 30 percent of pay-per-view sales that's via sporting news for the first canelo fight if they mm -hmm. fight again yeah he'll probably get like 10 15 maybe even upwards of 20 and it's actually, I know it hurts Canelo, obviously, to lose, but it's good for business because they are raising the stakes for each other in the rematch. And they're going to get so much more because think about how it's just natural. Think about how it will be promoted. Canelo Alvarez lost to Dimitri Bivol. Bivol seeks legacy. Canelo seeks revenge. And it's like they're hyping it up. 
it's only going to raise their payouts respectively. So Canelo received 15 million guaranteed. You could probably double that and Bivol will get <laughs> high double digits as well. Hey, it's Rick. We just want to give a special thank you for supporting our show and our vision on the world of boxing. Don't be like Curtis Harper and show up without contributing, y'all. Drop us a follow, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, tell us how awesome and handsome we are, and let's build this great community from the ground up. We love you and appreciate you. See you next time.